Hello and welcome to the United Community Channel. My name is Jack and this is your latest Manchester United news. Plenty to talk about tonight as usual. Uh, obviously we know some good news. Luke Shaw is back in training with the first team squad after three months out. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about potential departures from Manchester United. Uh, and as we know, uh, there's been links with Varane potentially leaving United in the last few days. And now... Reports are suggesting that Casemiro might follow him out of the club. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about Jim Radcliffe and a certain backing from Sir Alex Ferguson and what Sir Alex has to say on that. And then also this kind of uh, multi, I suppose, this kind of uh, multi-staff members in relation to the United recruitment team. So we've been talking Paul Mitchell, you know, we've been talking even Maldini. Supposedly Jim Ratcliffe wants multiple people involved in terms of directors of football. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, and we'll talk about potential incomings as well. United have been linked with a couple of midfielders, uh, one being in France and another one being in uh, the Premier League. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Please do smash a like on the video, guys. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, and as you'll see, we're growing a big dirty moustache here. Uh, if you can donate, please do. The link is in the description of the video uh, on YouTube. And uh, sorry, guys, sound is messed up. I just turned off my Bluetooth. So you should be good to go there now. Um, but yeah, if you can donate to Movember, Please do. Link is in the description. Uh, goes to some great, you know, men's mental health and cancer awareness and all that kind of good stuff as well. So please do that as well. But get your thoughts and comments into the comment section as usual as well, guys. Looking forward to getting into this one. Uh, but look, we are going to start with the good news, uh, of course, and that is uh, in relation to Luke Shaw returning to Manchester United. Uh, he returns to training today. Um, is the sound still messed up, guys? Let us know. I think I should have. I think it should be back and good to go there on uh, on you or on TikTok. So if not, jump over to YouTube. We're live over there as well. Uh, and uh, you know we've got all of the articles on the screen as well. Link is on my homepage. Let me just plug in my phone here. I'm uh, running a little bit behind, so I'm a bit all over the shop. Uh, plug in the if I can get the charger in. No. I think we're good to go. Um, looking for donations to get Casemiro out. Absolutely not. But anyway, look, Ben is there. Oshin is in. James is in. Jimmy, Paul, uh, Dublin is there as well. LFC, good to see you all, guys. Uh, appreciate you all stopping by as usual. Uh, and look, let's jump straight into it. Luke Shaw returns to training for Manchester United. And by God, is it overdue. He's been out for three months. Good to see him back. Um... And, you know, we've seen some of the shots today of him as well. Uh, he's only played two games this season so far for United, both coming in the first two Premier League fixtures. Uh, since then, Shaw has been out with a muscle injury and is now set to return to first team action after rejoining training this week. Uh, obviously, Ten Hag will be pleased. It goes on to say, um, will he be available for the weekend? That's the question. Um, not only does Shaw play, yeah, we know all of that kind of stuff as well. So, uh, look... We haven't got Eric Ten Hag's um, pre-match press conference yet in, I suppose, the lead up to the Everton game on the weekend. And to be honest with you, I think even if if Luke Shaw is available, I don't think he's going to get much minutes on the weekend uh, if that is going to be the case that he is back. It, it's, it's long overdue for us to actually get that left-back area really kind of 
sewn up again. Now, look, we know with Luke Shaw, don't we, down through the years that, you know, Luke Shaw can be hot, he can be cold, he can be lukewarm, Luke Shaw, you know, not just a hat rack. Uh, so what type of Luke Shaw are we going to get back? That's the main thing. Uh, and that's the, that's you know, the, the biggest question. You know, obviously we do have Regulon is back and he's fully fit by the looks of it now again. And of course, Malassia is probably going to be out uh, until I think it's 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 minimum December time anyway. So we've seen over the last few years, haven't we, that Luke Shaw has kind of performed well for Manchester United when there has been some stiff competition there as well. You know, when we signed uh, Alex Tellez, for example, all of a sudden Luke Shaw's game improved. Uh, Malassia, when we signed him last year, all of a sudden Luke Shaw's game improved. And I hope we get that Luke Shaw back that we had uh, previous to him getting injured because I, I I find an awful lot of our attacking options do come down that left-hand side. And we've seen it last year specifically. We know on the right-hand side of, of the defence, we've got Aaron Bambasaka and Delo. Both are not really natural attacking fullbacks. Luke Shaw is. And I think Marcus Rashford's unbelievable season last year a lot of that does have to go down to the fact that Luke Shaw was playing behind him consistently week in week out because of because of um you know a sustained run in in, in the team because of improved performances and I think once you do get a settled team players start to know each other a lot more now look obviously Luke Shaw and and Marcus Rashford know each other a lot better you know than just last season but I think the the, the more he can play together the more of these kind of just little connections that you make on the pitch, I, I think is vital to, to how we play. And and as well, more than anything else, Luke Shaw is a top-class midfielder. He really is. Uh, or Sorry, a top-class defender. And I think, now I'd like to get your opinion on this, is Marcus Rastro's dip in form down to the lack of a, maybe settled left back that's playing behind him. We know Luke Shaw last season, anytime Marcus Rashford got in the ball, Luke Shaw was on the overlap. He was on the underlap. They linked up quite well together. Uh, and we haven't had that this season. It's, you know, it's been Luke Shaw. It's been Malassia. Well, Malassia got injured in preseason. It's been Regulon. So, look, again, I think there's a lot more to Marcus Rashford's Marcus Rashford's dip in form than Luke Shaw being missing. But I certainly do think it will help Rashford getting back to the heights that he was at last season when we do have a set of left back behind him. So uh, I think that is, uh, is vitally important. Let's see what people are saying in the chat here. Um, Oshin says, uh, Shaw coming back gives us options. Uh, he will play a center back once for goes. Yeah, he can play at center back. And, and it's something that I wouldn't be against. I really wouldn't because we know how much Eric Ten Hag likes to play out from the back. He likes, you know, quick transitions from defence to attack. And Luke Shaw can do that from centre-back. And that kind of left-hand side of the back four, sorry, that left-hand side of, of our centre-back partnership has been the area of concern over the last few weeks. Obviously, we've had Johnny Evans play there. Lindelof has played there. And none of them have, have really been um, standouts. On the other side, obviously, you know, Varane, and Harry Maguire, Maguire has been playing really well on that right-hand side. And we know Ten Hag says that's where he is going to play. So, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he does come back and he plays at centre-back and we play regular on at left-back. 
I wouldn't be against that at all. We've seen last season how well Luke Shaw did when he was there. So um, I wouldn't be against that at all. Buzz says, love the jumper. An early Christmas present from uh, from the missus, uh, from the vintage collection. It's a hoodie of the 1988 away jersey. I'm, I absolutely love it. And go on, get your comments in there, all of these lads, you know, saying supporting the Glazers. I didn't buy it. My wife did, so give out to her. <laughs> um, ben says, believe it or not, I think Shaw makes Rashford play better. There we go. Oshin says, Eric Tang and Hag won't play him. Uh, he very rarely plays players coming back. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen, you know. And, and I think rightly so. I think, uh, Kipiri, thanks for the gifts. Much appreciated. I think uh, bringing players back and rushing them back into the team is a dangerous thing to do. It really is. And we can't afford to do that, given the amount of injuries we, ha injuries we have in defence. You know, we've still got Martinez missing. Uh, obviously, Luke Shaw's back now, thankfully. We've still got Malassia missing. Wambasaka is only back. You know, is he back to full fitness? He's played a couple of games. So the good thing about that is, you know, he's not on international duty the last couple of weeks. So he left plenty of time to, you know, recover and get on the training pitch. So that's good there. So the last thing we want to do is to rush players back in. Uh, and I don't think we should. So, you know, if we do play Maguire and Lindelof, for example, with Regulon at left back, okay, it's not our strongest defence, but you have to balance it out as well. And, and you know, it's going to be a long season. Uh, any word on Martinez? So Martinez is going to be out until the new year minimum, uh, Ten Hag said. Now, he was pictured in training today and there's a lot of pictures going around of him but that's just he was just there watching um training he's not going to be back until the new year um chris says rashford's form is due to himself and also lack of creativeness up front uh glazer uh love uh it's it's why sale hasn't gone through xmas money going into the glazer's pocket now nah, it's going to jim radcliffe now jim radcliffe for life um uh, if he's not ready, then he shouldn't be available for selection. Uh, Oshin says, is that one of the Glazers one? Blame the wife. You have no shame. Zero shame. Uh, and Invalid is in. Good to see you there as well. Uh, so, yeah, look, uh, let's just get rid of some of the dickheads in the chat here. TikTok is a nightmare for City fans. So, yeah, we'll see you later, you muppet. Um, anyway, um, Kipiri says, Shaw's our best left back. Uh, he will help much uh, with Rashford. I think so. I think so. And I think not just with Rashford, but I think, you know, throughout the entirety of the team, if we can get a settled squad playing together, then I think it can only be of, of benefit to Manchester United. It really can. Um, the 41 Street View says, do we sign anyone in January? We'll get into that in a moment. There's a couple of players supposedly on Man United's radar at the moment. Uh, and I mean... I'm all for it. I really am. The more players we sign, the better. You do know in January, though, it's not going to be a massive amount of players that we're going to be getting in. You know, if you can get one or two players in, brilliant. And maybe one or two players off the books as well. Um, but yeah, I do want to talk about actually getting players off the books next because we do know that, you know, going back as far as Ralph Ranick, he said it's open heart surgery. Eight, nine, ten players are required. Uh, and reports today have come out suggesting that Manchester United are eyeing a big clear out in 2024, surpassing double figures. So now this is obviously between January and the summer. And I like to hear this. I really do. Uh, it, it is going to take investment, however, because Man United are going to have to buy players. 
And we do know, even now with the players that we've got, we haven't got an awful lot of depth in our squad. And we haven't got quality in depth either, you know. So if Manchester United do clear out, you know, 10 or more players out of out of the squad, then we're going to have to buy maybe 11, 12, 13 players between January and the summer. Is that going to happen? Probably not. Uh, I think we do have to have a lot more patience. Um, and, you know, we, we can go down through the list of players that you would potentially get rid of. And as, as you can see, you know, on the screen here, anybody watching on YouTube, the picture that's, you know, over the article that we're watching has probably got four players in it that you would get rid of. Scott McTominay, Harry Maguire, Anthony Martial and Donny van der Beek. They're four straight away that you would potentially look at moving on. Uh, and, you know, but then you're talking of, you know, you probably need two midfielders. You know, if we're looking at, and we get into Casemiro and Varane in, in, in you know, in a moment. But um, Manchester United clearing out double figures in terms of players. I think we probably are going to be talking about a lot of fringe players there as well, you know if you were going to move on, say, a Hannibal, or you're going to move on one of your right-backs, if you do want a new... Because I think Ten Hag is quite uh, adamant on getting in a new right-back. Now, what do you do? I, I would like to know what, what you think. Um, do you keep Delo or do you keep Wan-Bissaka? I know, I, me personally, I would keep Wan-Bissaka. However, Delo got a five-year contract a couple of months back. You know, so do you... You know, is it going to be easy to cash in on Delo? So we're probably going to see some changes at right back. Um, we're certainly going to need some changes at centre back because if Harry Maguire is to be moved on, Varane looks like he's probably going to go. We're going to get into that in a moment as well. Do you maybe upgrade Lindelof as well? Is he going to be happy with another season of being a squad player? I'm not sure. So it's going to be very interesting to see how United get on over the coming two transfer windows uh, more than anything else. But I do want to focus specifically, guys, on uh, a couple of players. Now, obviously, we have heard uh, about Varane in the last uh, few days that Manchester United defender Keane on a move away uh, from Manchester United. Now, again, look, this report here is suggesting it could potentially be Syria. We have heard about Saudi Arabia coming in for him as well. And of course, Bayern Munich are keeping tabs on him as well. I even read a report that uh, Chelsea are potentially keeping an eye on him. And, you know, they've obviously got um, Silva at centre-back. So, you know, if they got rid of him and brought in Varane, they'd be bringing in a player probably eight years younger. <laughs> you know, which is crazy when you think about it. I think Varane will leave. Uh, and let me know whether you think he should or not in, in you know in the comments i think he will leave however i mean he could leave in january he really could do i want to see him go in january no i don't um i don't want to see him go in january because who can you buy in january long term you know that's a long term replacement i don't think you can buy the likes of a tadebo in january um, who you know, any other center backs that we're looking at, you know, we, we, we've discussed plenty of them over the last few, um, over the last few, uh, you know, weeks and months, of course. Um, and I think, I think keeping we just spoke there a moment ago about you know, a settled 11, you know, and uh, I think Oshin asked there, um, Who's your, who's your 
who's your settle, you know, what's your best 11 uh, on a settled squad. And I think if you're looking at a best 11, you're, you know, I'm putting Varane into that. You know, you're talking Onana, Wambasaka, Varane, Martinez, Shaw, you know, Casemiro, Bruno, and do you go Amrabat or Mount, one or the other, depending on how Mount's, you know, season comes along. Uh, and then you're talking Garnacho, Rashford, and Highland, in my opinion. That's our settled, you know. Now, that has included that team has included two players that are potentially going to leave. Um, you know, with Ferran. I think it's important that Eric Ten Hag gets back to a settled eleven as quickly as possible, you know, and a quality eleven as well. That's that's you know, probably just as important. Um I think um Chris is asking what Nightbot is. It's a uh, uh Nightbot is a uh, it's a chatbot, Chris. So I have, uh, I, I only set it up the other day. So basically, you put prompts in every 15 or 20 minutes or so to, uh, you know, for social, you know, follow my social media, subscribe here, so on and so forth, uh, rather than me just manually typing it in. It's a, it's a chatbot uh, that does it in the background. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, with Varane, I think I, I think we I think we need to keep him until the summer. I really do. I would like to see him stay. I would like to see him play a lot more if he can stay fit. He is a quality defender. He really is. And I think Eric Ten Hag is looking a lot more long term. I think maybe that's why he is looking at playing Maguire more than Varane uh, over the last few weeks. And again, you know, Ten Hag has said it on multiple occasions. If you play well, you'll stay in the team. Now. That doesn't mean if you play bad, you're out of the team either because we've seen how bad Anthony has been over the last few weeks and months. So I think it's important that we do get back to a settled 11 as much as we possibly can. Uh, 11, an 11 that's fit, that plays week in, week out with each other as much as they possibly can because, you know, you go back to, you know, the, the 99 team, for example, and everyone knows the strongest 11, you know. The strongest 11, you know, was... Schmeichel in the goal, Neville, Irwin, Stam, Ronnie Janssen, Keane, Scholes, Beckham, Giggs, York and Cole. However, that team only played once together throughout the entire season of 98-99. So it's it's very important that you get as many players as possible on the field as often as possible playing together because then you see relationships blossom, you, you know, and take Rasmus Highland is a prime example of that. You have a player there that is obviously st- very young, but is a very good footballer, but is still learning about his players. And sorry, learning about his teammates. And his teammates are learning about him as well, where he likes to move, what runs he likes to make, his, the positioning he takes up on the pitch. If he passes you the ball, is he looking for a back straight away or is he gone running off the shoulder? Things like this. Um, so I think the more we can get 11 players on the pitch together, uh, I, I think the better off we will be. Uh, but for specifically with Varane, I do think that uh, Varane will leave. I don't think he will be a Manchester United player next season. Uh, and I think it's the right thing to do. You know, his age profile and his injury record do not suggest that Eric Ten Hag is going to stick with him much longer, you know. And he's not an Eric Ten Hag signing, and that's okay. And look, there was a lot of, of, of initial reports suggesting that, you know, Ten Hag and Varane had fallen out. 
that's not the case. You know, and then a lot of people were saying that, you know, for our Ten Hag is not able to manage big players. And I think I think he's managing big players quite well. You know, he doesn't succumb to big player pressure. We've seen it with Ronaldo. We've seen it with Jadon Sancho. We're seeing it with Varane. Uh, so I'm all for it. I really am. I really am. DC says the top. Yeah, unreal. Unreal. Um, wife bought it for me. But yeah, look, let me know what you think, guys. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, there's no there's no need to block the, the chatbot either, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you'll see him spring up every now and again. Um, yeah, and they're just uh, they're just prompts for people to go and follow my social media accounts. And if I wanted to, uh, you know, I could put up a, a prompt to donate to Movember and stuff like that as well. So yeah, um, there we go. Uh, meant thanks for the gift, much appreciated, much appreciated. So anyway, guys, look, uh, I don't want Varane to go until the summer. I want us to keep, uh, you know, keep as many top-class players as we can. And he is one of the top-class players that we have, you know. Uh, so let's keep until the summer, until we can actually identify and get a proper replacement in. Um, but until then, yeah, let's let's hang on to him. Um, it's some jumper, ain't it? That's so nice. So nice. Um, anyway, I want to move it on to a more worrying player. Because this is a player that I probably don't want to leave uh, in the next couple of transfer windows. Uh, and that is Casemiro. Reports are suggested today that Casemiro is thinking about a move to Saudi Arabia. However, Manchester United don't want him to leave at all. They hope to be able to convince him to stay one or two more years in England to try and fight to regain titles. Uh, therefore, the club are working on remodelling the sports project with departures and arrivals in staff. Casemiro doesn't rule out staying. Uh, it goes on to say then uh, that he arrived at Manchester United with the idea of continuing to triumph in one of the largest clubs in the world. Uh, and if he sees that the situation is favourable, he will stay at United. In addition, he doesn't want to leave behind the team uh, uh, that bets so hard on him. However, Saudi Arabia would be open to making an offer for him. If a good offer arrives and Casemiro requests it, United will not oppose an exit, uh, though they will try to convince him to stay first with a great project. And I I really like this article, okay, because it hits all of the points that you want to hit and you want to see as a Manchester United fan, okay? Casemiro wants to stay. Manchester United want him to stay. However, he's not opposed to a move depending on the sports project, you know, and how United develop and how they progress. Uh, so, and Manchester United are going to try and do that in the coming months to, you know, say, please stay for another year. Now, I don't think Casemiro is going to be, you know, the, the regular starter in the next, you know, 12 to 20, 18 to 36 months that he was last season and that, you know, potentially he, you know, or that he could be this season. Um, and that's okay because time catches up with everybody. It really does. And I think, I think it, it, it just proves the point more than anything else that we need to invest in midfield. Uh, we need to invest through the spine of the, of the team more than anything else. We've done it quite well with Onana uh, and we've done it well with, with Rasmus Highland. Now we've got to fill in the gaps in between. We need to improve our defence, central defence, and we need to improve our centre midfield. Uh, now, whether that's going to be 
you know, Amrabat on a full deal or whether you're going to, you know, go elsewhere and look for other central midfielders. I think... I think it's vital that we get a couple of players in. Take Amrabat as an example. If he comes in and signs fully next summer, uh, then, okay, you might get away with him and Casemiro for one more season. However, I would like to go into the market in the summer for a defensive midfielder, a young defensive midfielder, uh, you know, on the up and coming and, uh, you know, learning off of the likes of Casemiro, learning off of the likes of Amrabat. Amrabat is 27 at the moment. So he's, you would say, in his prime. Is he good enough to be the main central defensive midfielder for United? That remains to be seen. Uh, But we know the qualities that Casemiro has. We've seen it last year. And I think he surprised an awful lot of people last year because when he was at Real Madrid, he got he had Kroos and Modric ahead of him. All he had to worry about was the defensive side of the game. Take the ball off of the defence and give it to Modric or, or Kroos. And probably eight or nine times out of ten, Modric or Kroos were dropping in to get it off the midfield anyway. So Casemiro didn't even have to do that. So he had an awful lot. His roles expanded last season you know, coming to Manchester United. Uh, he was asked to do an awful lot more and he'd done it quite well. Now, are we seeing the effects of that long season and him being asked to do a lot more now at the start of this season? Probably. But I think that's no excuse for going, ah, oh, here, let's get rid of him. You know what I mean? Paul Scholes played at Manchester United in a holding role in midfield till he was 37, was it? Uh, so I've no problem with that. And I think... The reason why Casemiro was tasked with doing so much in midfield last year is because we didn't have the personnel to do it. Now, if we can invest into our midfield and get a couple of players in, or even one player in that, you know, can play well in the eight, and then we've got Bruno in the 10 or whatever it may be, and then say to Casemiro, you're back at Real Madrid, you know, instead of Kroos and Modric ahead of you, you've got Bruno and... I don't know, if Mount all of a sudden starts pulling up trees. And then Casemiro can go, excellent. Let me just sit here in the six. I'll mop up. You go forward, you know, or or whatever the case may be. Now, I do think that we, you know, and we did see it at the start of the season, that we've seen Casemiro being isolated an awful lot on his own. And I think the Premier League is a lot tougher defensively than, you know, you go to La Liga, for example. And we've seen he got isolated an awful lot because he was asked to do the defensive side of that midfield role on his own, where Mount and Bruno were both caught high up the field and we were transitioned and, and, and counterattacked on way too easily. Now, I think training ground, and this is a reason why I would say if we go out of the Champions League and we don't qualify, fuck the Europa League. Let's get out of Europe and let's put seven days in between each game we play where you, Ten Hag can get on the training ground with the likes of Mason Mount, Bruno Fernandes, Casemiro, Amrabat, all in a little huddle and go, you know, Bruno, you're in the 10. Mason, you can't fucking bomb into the box as well. We need you to be, you know, a box-to-box midfielder or whatever it may be, or if that's Amrabat, you know, because we have to give some form of protection to Casemiro when, you know, the counter-attack does come. So I think that's probably... um it's not probably what we will do. I think it's what we should do. Uh, so, but again, it remains to be seen. You know, it's a lot easier to say these types of things, you know, 
than actually going out and getting players and signing them and so on and so forth. Um, but look, I mean, look, when it comes to Casemiro, uh, obviously, I want him to stay. I think he will stay unless a ridiculous offer comes in from Saudi Arabia. If Saudi Arabia come in with 50 million or 60 million for him, then I will say, look, sorry, man, let's reinvest that money and get in a, I don't know, whoever it may be, whoever the defensive midfielder is. And, you know, we'll talk about, you know, actually we'll, we'll talk about him right now because um, we might as well. He's a player that we've been linked with already and it's Onana out of Everton. Uh, you know, reports are suggesting Everton could be forced to cash in on midfielder Amadou Onana in January to ease their financial woes. Now, he was a player that United were looking at as a, you know, either a defensive midfielder or a box-to-box midfielder. Now, if you were to get 50 million for Casemiro, from Saudi Arabia. I don't think you would get 50 million from any other club, but we know, you know, the way Saudi work. Then I would say, okay, let's invest it in, you know, a young player like this or whoever it is that we've we've identified because I think uh, youth is the way forward. And it's always the case. Youth is the way forward, you know. And I think uh, as much as I love Casemiro and he will go down as you know, one of my favourite players, not one of my favourite players, but a very, you know, I will always think fondly of him when I'm talking about Casemiro playing for United. If he does leave in the summer, then, okay, cash in, reinvest it, and let's get a, you know, defensive midfielder in who's going to be there for the next three, four, five years, minimum, you know. Um, Oshin says, uh, I hate that statement. Uh, if the situation is favourable, he will stay. Uh, you have a contract, my son. No, no, I agree with that as well. I, I know what you mean. But I, my point there was being that Manchester United are putting these sporting uh, plans in place. And that's what I like to see. Not just to, you know, to keep the likes of Casemiro, but to attract other players to the club as well. Um, Bover says Amrabat doesn't deserve a contract alright okay well look it's early days for Amrabat as well uh, I'm not going to jump to any conclusions let's see how, you know what we think at the end of the season uh, Chris says I honestly think that if both sides agree it's time to go then Casemiro won't be a problem um, should be the club's decision alone uh, says Oshin uh, Chelsea spent 50 million on Lavia and he hasn't even played a minute yet this season yeah well that goes to show the shit show that they're in uh, Chris also says, uh, I don't agree. Uh, if you are an older player and it's time to go, then let him go. I think the statement is more towards the fact that he will not be a problem. Yeah, well, look, I don't think there's going to be any bad blood if United do decide to let him go or he does go to Manchester United and say, I want to leave. I don't think there's going to be any, you know, bad blood. Um... Oshin says the club should always make the decision. Uh, it's your time uh, to go, not the player. Um... Let's see. He also says, uh, and if the club is any good, they'll know you're done when you're done. Well, that's all down to Casemiro. You know, Casemiro, or, or sorry, not Casemiro, that's all down to Ten Hag. You know, Ten Hag probably knows that. And, and we've seen it already with, you know, Manchester United. Ten Hag wanted players gone. And it's up to the club then to get rid of him. It's not up to Ten Hag to get rid of him. And the club can't get rid of him. So let's hope whoever Jim Radcliffe is bringing in is good at selling players as 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 much as they are at buying them. Um, let's see. Anyway, look, uh, let's move it on, guys. I do want to talk about uh, Sir Jim Radcliffe. Uh, and obviously, Alex Ferguson has been asked about, uh, you know, what he thinks. Uh, and, you know, whether he, uh, 
obviously supports the move or whatever it may be. Uh, but obviously Ferguson comes out and says, I know Jim well. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's optimism about Jim Radcliffe's investment. Um, basically, what he says is, uh, I, I am still... Uh, oh, let me see. Uh, what? Where is the actual quote? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, basically, he said... Um, I know Jim well, and I think he'll be uh, a success at Manchester United. Now, I am not in any way, shape or form, disregarding the word of God himself there, Sir Alex Ferguson. But you do have to take into consideration here that Alex Ferguson is still an ambassador for Manchester United, and technically he works for the Glazers. You know, technically. Now, anyone with a brain in their head was smart enough to know that, you know, Alex Ferguson is Manchester United. And he will, of course, give the backing of whatever decision is made by the owners because, you know, bringing... He's not going to come out and say, oh, I'm delighted. I did. I, I don't, no, I didn't want Jim. You know, I wanted Qatar. You know, and that's always going to be the case. However, getting the support of the you know, the biggest legend that, that the club has ever had uh, is always a good thing. And the fact that they know each other quite well, I'm sure Jim Radcliffe will will call on Sir Alex Ferguson for advice if he wants it or if he needs it. Um, but I'm always a little bit troubled. I'm always a little bit troubled as to why Sir Alex Ferguson hasn't said anything about the Glazers. He's never commented on them. Um, he's never... He's never spoken publicly about, you know, the, the woes that the club are in since he's left. Um, and I, I just think maybe, just maybe, if he had of, it would have been the tipping point needed to maybe get rid of them. Um, but I can understand why he hasn't. And I think, you know, obviously the fact that he's come out now and, you know, he's spoken very positively about Jim Radcliffe is quite good. Uh, but I think maybe the days of actually leaning on Sir Alex Ferguson for advice are, are probably coming to an end, you would say, because he's been out of the game an awful long time and the game has moved on. You know, the game has moved on. Sir Alex Ferguson doesn't have the connections, doesn't have his, you know, finger on the pulse of, you know, players throughout Europe and who we should be signing and, and so on and so forth. So I think if it comes to the culture of Manchester United and what the club stands for and, and you know, the foundations of the club, then I think Sir Alex Ferguson would be a great person to go to. But I think other than that, I think Jim Radcliffe, in my opinion, is, is open to his own interpretation of what he wants to do and what he needs to do. Uh, and speaking of what he needs to do and what he potentially might do, uh, reports today have suggested that Radcliffe considers transfer specialist duo to transform Manchester United's recruitment team. Um, basically what it is, is Manchester United are ready to follow Chelsea's model. Now, Take that with a bloody pinch of salt because it doesn't mean we're going to go out and start buying everybody, okay? To follow Chelsea's model by hiring multiple sporting directors, Paul Mitchell and Dougie Freeman are both under consideration for prominent roles in the reshuffle, while Paolo Maldini has also been mentioned as a potential candidate. Um, yeah, so I'd like to know what you think about this. Um, I'll go down through some of the comments, but get them in um, and let me know what you think. 
Um, let's see. Bobber says, uh, the United Scouting Department might be the easiest job in the world. You get paid to look at players everyone knows are good and says you should buy them. Well, see, the thing about it is, Bobber, is that it's them little diamonds in the rough that you find that no one else knows about that come out of nowhere, you know. Um, they're the ones that you want to be scouting. You know, you're you know deep in the heart of South America and, you know, the lower leagues of European football and so on and so forth. Scandinavia, these types of places, you know. Um, uh, Bob, he also says uh, Sir Alex Ferguson is Mr. United but he shouldn't be the last stand uh, Chris says Sir Alex uh, likes uh, what he gets from United uh, he won't go back on them uh, don't bite the hand that feeds you um, Oshin says uh, the Glazers owe Sir Alex Ferguson uh, the fact that they're still there with the fighting uh, over the fucking horse sperm absolutely absolutely um, and Niall says, you'd be sick of all this hearsay shite. Just get it done and get on with it, dragging uh, the hole out of everything. I agree. I agree. But look, I mean, the talk of this, uh, you know, multi-sporting, multiple sporting director model, it's not something I'm overly against. I won't lie. Um, I think the more pressing issue is identifying a style of football that you want to play. And that filters down to every single employee of the club that's involved with football, whether it's the director of football, whether it's the multiple directors of football, whether it's the scouting department, whether it's the players you sign, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the manager, all has to be geared towards a certain way of playing and a certain style of not even the style of football but a certain style that you want to carry and represent your club uh, and I think if that's Paul Mitchell alongside Dougie Freeman with Paolo Maldini there and Eric Ten Hag is you know just underneath them identifying players all together the whole lot of them I'm okay with that I really am as long as it fits the structure and the mold where you can say okay let's say Paul Mitchell decided to leave you get another director of football in who matches the criteria that he has. Okay. If you pull out um, Eric Ten Hag and sack him as a manager, you bring in another manager that matches the mold and the direction that the club is trying to go in. That's why managers at Brighton, for example, have been so successful. And that's why we've seen when managers have left Brighton, like Graham Potter, for example, fall asunder because the structure is in place. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a game of Jenga, you know, but it's the first brick you pull out of the Jenga set. It's not going to fall over. And that's the way it should be at any club, especially one of the biggest clubs in the world at Man United. You identify how you want to play. You identify what um, direction you want your club to go in. It starts with the owners and works its way down. And everybody involved in the football inside of the club from top to bottom then knows the direction we're going in. The under sevens are playing the same way that we want the first team to play. Because if you're playing from under seven to under 18 or under 21, you step into the first team, it's the same. You know what I mean? And that's the way it should be. Um, so all of this talk about, is it going to be one director of football? Is it going to be multiple directors of football? I don't really mind. As long as we've got an identity and we've got a direction in which we want to go in that you know everybody fits that mold. And uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I reckon anyway. Um, 
Let's see what people are saying. Uh, we read that one already. Chris says, uh, I think the multiple directors is a decent idea. Uh, each one knows uh, each league uh, in different uh, fronts. Yep. Yeah, great point there. Uh, Brighton seem to be scouting all of them, lads. Uh, says Bover. Chris says Maldini in Italy, Mitchell in France, uh, Friedman in England. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, who's done it before? Who cares? Because Manchester United led the way in the 90s and the 2000s in every department, in scouting, in technology, in nutrition, in, you know, training methods. United led the way. Just because nobody else is doing it doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. Let's set the precedent and let's, in 10 years' time, everybody else be scrambling to do the same thing that we're doing, you know. But if it doesn't work, then you, you identify and you change quickly, you know. Um, uh, once we find that style identity, it'll make the manager's job easily uh, easier. Absolutely, it will. Absolutely. Uh, sick of playing uh, good football or hearing we deserve to win, but we lost. Uh, we are the personification of dominance. Uh, we've always been since day dot. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, that that's that's my take on all of that as well. And I think if it is a case that we get one director of football in or multiple directors of football in, then you know. Brilliant. I, I, I think, you know, the, all that matters is that, oh, wait now. Um, we've got some breaking news. All right. Okay, so we got some um, breaking news in relation to another change in the background. Uh, and obviously we heard with John Murta over the last few days that potentially he's not going to be leaving Manchester United, but it's breaking news from Rob Dawson from ESPN and, and Julian Lawrence um, that John Murta is expected to leave Manchester United when Sir Jim Radcliffe takes over. Uh, so there's some breaking news there as well, which is, uh, again, I'm happy with this, to be honest. Uh, a full clear out is needed. And we've said this, we've been saying this for years now. Uh, United need a full clear out from we've 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 cleared out the team probably three times since Sir Alex Ferguson has left. We've cleared out the manager four or five times. It's time we clear out, you know, the asbestos in the roof uh, and put some lovely spray foam insulation up there uh, with some new, you know. Um, some new faces and people who know what they're doing uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to football and and uh, progressing a football club forward. Uh, but anyway, guys, look, we're going to leave it there. Please smash a like on the video if you haven't already done so. Hit subscribe if you're new. Uh, the third episode as well, just to let you know of the Football Manager 2024, the Manchester United rebuild is up on our YouTube channel. Uh, go check it out. Go check it out. I will be going live uh, maybe tomorrow to do the next episode as well. Uh, so if I can't go live to do them, guys, I might just pre-record them and get them up on YouTube. But make sure you check out the uh, the United Rebuild on Football Manager 2024. Three episodes up already. Uh, I've got some great feedback on them. Really enjoying doing them as well. Uh, we do them live over on Twitch. But to be honest with you, I think I'm going to come back to YouTube and just do them live on YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, please hit subscribe if you haven't already done so. Hit the follow button if you're watching on TikTok, if you're new as well, like Cottle did, I appreciate it. Um, and look, again, uh, if you can donate, guys, this big dirty mustache that I've got um, is for Movember. We're raising money for... Uh, 
prostate cancer, testicular cancer, uh, suicide prevention and mental health awareness. Uh, the link is in the description of the YouTube video. If it's a couple of euro, it goes to a great cause. So please go check that out as well uh, if you can. But lads, thanks for watching. Uh, we I will have the match preview up tomorrow afternoon as well uh, on YouTube. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you're not following me, it's in the chat there. Uh, make sure you follow me on all the socials as well to stay up to date with everything. Link is on my homepage as well on TikTok, guys. Follow me on all socials there as well uh, to stay up to date with everything. We'll have the match preview tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll have our... Um, We'll have our watch along on Sunday against Everton. Looking forward to getting back into it. Thanks for watching, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a good evening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Take it easy.